Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Robbie Riggs. Welcome to the Way I See It podcast. This show provides a safe space for anyone to share their thoughts, stories, and opinions. Let's get into today's episode. And what's going on, everybody? How are we all doing? This is Robbie Riggs. Hope you guys are having the best week in the universe. Today is a very special day, okay? Today I am sitting down with one of the people from the Blind Abilities team. And that person is no other than the one and only Rocky Gomez. (laughs) And, you know, Blind Abilities for those who don't know, is a podcast made by Jeff Thompson. The whole team has changed my life just by listening to them. I've only had the pleasure to talk with Rocky, but I hope to talk to, you know, Jeff and Pete and Serena and Angie and all the whole rest of them because they're such an influential bunch and They just mean a whole lot to me. And yeah. But anyways, I am lucky enough that I got to sit down with one of the crew and just chat with her and just, we literally just nerded out. That's all we did. Blind nerded out. And yeah. So in this conversation, we go all over the place, literally. (laughs) We go all over the place from tech to confidence building to crossing streets to, you know, orientation and mobility. We go all over the place, everyone. And I really hope you like Rocky as much as I did. And to Rocky, if you're listening, you are a huge influence, my friend, and I just loved getting the chance to talk with you and I loved just meeting you and getting to know you and for all the rest of the blind abilities team I really hope you guys can make it on I'd love to talk with each and every one of you uh if schedules work out but uh, especially the main man Jeff because he's the main creator of blind abilities and so I'd love to talk with him and all the other crew but anyways I'll let this conversation speak for itself and uh hope you like it Have a great week, and uh, let's get into the episode. All right, so uh, thanks for coming on to hang out with me for like, I don't know, however long we talk. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's. It's pretty, it's pretty cool to have two blind people on this because everyone knows me as blind, but no one ever got a different perspective. So, you know, it's cool to like, you know, have that, uh, have that perspective on, you know? Yeah. 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 I do. I do. Yeah. So, um, tell the people, uh. A little bit about yourself. Just have to adjust my mic. Tell people a little bit about yourself. You know what you do. 
you know, how you lost your vision, if you don't mind, and all those kinds of great things. So yeah, <laughs> tell everyone about, tell everyone who you are. So that's a pretty big loaded question. Tell everybody about your, <laughs> yourself and what you do and how you lost your vision. So 45 minutes from now, you can wake up. <laughs> so, no, I'm, um, it's a kind of a, not really that very interesting story, but um, kind of like so many, I was born blind. Um, I was born three months, uh, almost to the day, premature. So I, like so many babies, was given oxygen at birth. And um, at the time, I think doctors were either not as aware or not as savvy or not as concerned maybe about giving too much oxygen to infants if it was a choice of saving their lives or, you know, dealing with other potential complications. It was just a matter of survival. So they didn't expect me to make it. I weighed um, just over a pound. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to imagine, but um, I was a little tiny baby and they thought I wouldn't survive. And of course I did. And uh, so I've essentially been blind my whole life. I had a little bit of usable vision as a kid, but it wasn't, it's nothing that a sighted person would consider usable. I found it incredibly useful, but <laughs> compared to what somebody who had usable, real usable vision would see, it was uh, pretty minuscule. Um, but I, uh, I've been kind of old school. I went to school and uh, ended up working in a completely different field from the things that I studied when I was younger. So um, I, I sort of got involved with technology much later um, in my probably late 20s, early 30s in terms of, you know, career-wise. And I've moved around a little bit, but I work for the Lighthouse for the Blind of San Francisco now. And um, after moving around in tech a little bit and doing some technical support and some teaching and working in some for some mainstream companies and some blindness companies and kind of back and forth over the years, I've ended up with this great San Francisco-based um, nonprofit that's just really blind positive. And so I love to talk about them. And uh, I manage their retail space. They have a retail store that brings in access technology and canes and devices that blind people use. And so I like to tell people that my job gives me the best of both worlds. I get to work directly, you know, one-on-one -on -one with blind people at all different stages of their blindness journey to help them find the things that they need. And I get to, you know, nerd out with gadgets and technology all day and bring in things that maybe people haven't had a chance to use before and get them up on our website so we can sell them, um, you know, not just locally, but internationally now as well. So we're based out of San Francisco and um, it's a, it's a, it's a good, like I said, blind positive place to work. I think over the years and throughout the time that I've been as a working blind person, I have to say that I don't think I could ever go back to working for a place with a really patronizing custodial image of blind people where the sighted people make all the money and the blind people are, <laughs> you know, the bottom, maybe 60, 70% of the, of the, the workers or the, the, maybe the, um, the instructors are blind, but for the most part, you see a lot of 
organizations where the higher ups, the CEOs and the finance people and stuff are, are cited. And this agency isn't like that. We have blind people and sighted people at all levels of the game from the CEO on down to our janitorial staff. We have blind people working for equal pay and it's just a good equitable organization to work for. And I could never go back <laughs> to one of those patronizing kind of places where we're just treated as second-class citizens. So I love talking about it. You've heard me on the podcast talking with my friend, Jeff Thompson um, and Serena Gilbert and um, Angie Fisher co-host the tech abilities podcast, which is where I met Robbie or where I came to learn about Robbie and um yeah, it's uh, it's just a. I am a pretty blind positive person, and so I like to try to make people think positively about blindness too. Um, because it's a barrier if you make it one, you know. But if you try to find ways to circumvent it, you can deal with all kinds of people's bad attitudes and ignorance and misunderstandings and communication issues you know if you just decide you're going to approach it from a different perspective so I try to stay positive about it and if people don't like it I just carry on and stay positive about it anyway <laughs> so that's me basically not really very exciting but um you asked about blindness so it all kind of ties together I guess no that that makes perfect sense I mean it's one of these things where, you know what, like blind people are very much so <clears throat> treated as like second class citizens. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that in mainstream entertainment in a lot of ways and coming from a podcast creator myself, um, I, uh, a lot of the episodes that I did uh, up until last week, I did them because I had to do it. Like I always put an episode every Friday and I thought this is my podcast. Why am I feeling so unmotivated to do a freaking episode? Right. Mm -hmm. But the reason is, is because I, when you look at the mainstream content, you feel very different. People make you feel very, very different. And so, you know, uh, I, I listened to a little bit of the Be My Eyes podcast today before I started recording the, this episode that's supposed to come out tomorrow. And, you know, it's, it's made a world of difference. I'm just like, well, I felt a lot more relaxed when I was recording this time. I felt so much more like I was somebody. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not just some fucked up blind guy. And that's... Mm -hmm. You know, and unfortunately, even though people, you know, even though people don't mean to to do that, it happens more often than you think. And a lot of times the blind podcasts don't get as much ratings or they don't get as much, you know, v like listens. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm lucky that a lot of my friends gave me five stars when I first started this pod. So I was able to like, you know, get that pretty quick. Uh, but uh, if I didn't have that, you know, I wouldn't have got that. Like Jeff, for example, Jeff should be at five stars max. There should not be this not enough ratings bullshit. 
he should be five stars like everybody else. Yeah, and, you know, podcasting and that's the is... pat. That's the thing about podcasting. It's like people. It's like the the good ones seemed like those major ones, like the cited, the able bodied ones, seem to get the most likes because that's all people know. You know. Well, I think it's about visibility, right? And how is it promoted, and and what is it? What is it that you've got that's holding their interest? So. I think podcasting about blindness and stuff related to blindness is fun because it's something that, you know, we know it, we understand it, we do it, but it might not hold the interest of a sighted person like it would if I said, hey, I'm a blind person. I'm going to go out and show you how I barbecue. I got to make dinner. So I'm going to take you with me. Then they've got something to look at, which is silly because most people are doing podcasts or listening while they're doing other things, right? (laughs) Most people tend to listen while they're multitasking. But I think people, we have to find things that will hook them. And sighted people, I find, I'm talking like this us and them, and I hate when people do it to me and here I'm doing it to them. But I think they, I think it's easier for them when they have visuals to help balance the listening. I think sometimes listening is a learned behavior and we've had such a lifetime of learning to do it that we take it for granted and I think for them it's a lot more of a struggle because I think they get distracted by visual imagery so if I can show them something sometimes that will hold their attention but if not I've got to have good enough captivating content that they want to listen and I find that those people, especially those people that have preconceived, maybe misconceptions about, about what blindness is like, and maybe they're afraid of it already, those are the people that are going to tend to not want to listen in the first place. They're the same people that, that might give you a bad time out on the street or make your experience not necessarily a, a pleasurable one because they want to intervene in a way that's not positive or Maybe they say something that's not appropriate. So it's the same kind of situation, right? You want content that's positive, but yet that's truthful and honest that's going to hold their interest. And how do you do that? That's where the creative thing comes in because it takes personality, it takes topic crafting, and it takes, I think there's, I watch good podcasters and they seem to have a form. Like they, 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 they can hold the topic in one place for long periods of time with multiple guests and um i think it's a little different if you're blind i just i think i think we have to really work that much harder which is sort of the case across the board right i always say <laughs> we have to we have to do oh, what, yeah. what our sighted friends do but we have to probably work harder to get the same thing done because we don't have access to the same resources Absolutely. Yeah. Out of the gate. So we're going to have to put in more effort and that's just a given. Yeah. But I think it, you're right. I think, I think to be noticed, there's stellar content, but how do you get them to perk up their ears and be interested in that content? You got to hook them somehow. And that's not an easy thing to do. Really good content goes unnoticed a lot of the time because the algorithm doesn't pick it up or it's not trending or whatever. And that goes for sighted people too, you know? whether it's a catchy tag or a good podcast session that just happens to trend or a flashy, you know, something um, artistic that catches people's eye when they're going by, something has to hook their interest. And that's hard. 
it is very hard. Look at Jeff. It took Jeff years to build that up, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a natural at it. He is so good. I listen to a lot of, uh, and for people who don't know, Blind Abilities is a blind podcast, and it's just... It it covers everything from Braille to uh, to tech abilities to anything, and it's like, you know, as long as a blind person's doing it, blind abilities are going to cover it, and that's the that's the beauty of what Jeff does. And yeah, it's its only you know, criteria so really good. has to tie into blindness somehow. It's such a diverse podcast. That's another thing. I think when the content is really diverse like that, there's enough of it. You know, because I do you find this when you listen to certain people's podcasts that if they are repeating the same content over and over, it gets boring. But if they can manage to keep it interesting and, and you know, topic driven, you, you kind of want to come back and see what they're going to talk about next week because it's so good, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's 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 one of these things where you just you just have to kind of just go with what you feel is right. And it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and sometimes like there are certain podcasts I listen to that are way out there and I'm just like, (laughs) okay, that's going a little bit too far, but, uh, (laughs) you know, we'll we'll have to see, but that's going a little too far with some of the stuff that they talk about on certain podcasts. Um, so, oh yeah, you know, uh, another interesting news. Be My Eyes, which for those of you who don't know, is a app where volunteers can help blind people. So if you ever thought of helping someone who is blind like Rocky or myself, you know, we use Be My Eyes. And uh, if you ever thought of helping us, please do. Um, Be My Eyes, Rocky, has now included jobs for humanity, actually, mm-hmm. in, the, in the specialized help section. They added a careers uh, section. and um, the uh yeah they put jobs for humanity in there so that's other interesting news they've really grown a lot be my eyes is a really neat thing oh yeah again i saw them when they were just kind of getting started i remember um and working with will initially before he worked with be my eyes um was 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 kind of interesting because I knew him in a wearing a very different hat in a different organization. And when he moved over to be my eyes, he's just such a natural Will Butler. Um, and I think uh, they have really, you know, when I think when Will started, they were just primarily an organization of volunteers assisting people, regardless of what your task is, you can call in. And because you're connecting up directly with a volunteer through this app, the call isn't there's no charge for the call and the volunteer isn't paid. They're just doing it because they want to help and they got some time and they sit with their laptop or whatever, and they can observe the task or whatever's in front of the blind person's camera. So if you want them to take a look at something that you're having trouble scanning or reading or trying to figure out what, what that street sign says over there, because your GPS isn't working or I need you to read the screen on this kiosk because it doesn't talk and I'm here in the airport trying to buy a ticket or, you know, anything. I'm trying to read this piece of mail. Who is it from? Um, they can they can access your computer, turn on your flashlight, look at things for you. But in addition to that, now, just in these last, you know, year, year and a half, really since COVID started, 
um, the advent of the pandemic, they started working with so many different companies and businesses. And I think it's been in the works for a while, but we really saw it come to fruition last year when they started bringing companies on like Procter and Gamble and other, other parts of the world too. So the way it works, if you call Be My Eyes from anywhere in the world, for example, when our store is open, we'll see adaptations on there because we're international. But if you're in a different part of the world and you don't have the companies that we have up there, you won't even see them. It's It does geofencing, so it knows where you're calling from, and it will show you the companies that are able to, to serve you. So I'm not going to see the companies that maybe aren't English speakers by default or um, are on a different continent and wouldn't necessarily be advantageous to me because I'm here in North America. So it's really cool the way they've got it set up now because so many businesses are starting to to come on. Microsoft is there and I think Verizon is there now. I think it's Verizon um, in some capacity. Uh, yeah, Verizon co- came to them like last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, really recently. Yeah. And uh, like you said, there, there are a couple that are just really, really new. And um yeah, the different hours, you know, they the organizations can set their own hours through the portal. So they decide how many hours they're going to be able to be connected. And it's just a nice free and easy way for anybody who's blind to get the app and maybe get a little visual help from an organization with with a task, you know, maybe maybe Microsoft can, you know, see your computer directly or whatever, whereas it's a little bit like a step above a phone call. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, I don't mean to puncture any organization, but I'll just say it because Ira's not sponsoring this podcast. I don't think they ever will. Well, maybe they might. Who knows? But, you know, there's another thing called Ira out there. And Ira is basically an app where you can get trained assistance. It's like Be My Eyes. Honestly, Rocky, I'm not going to lie. When I first heard about them, I was outraged. I was literally outraged because you should not have to pay to have help. If you're someone who is blind, you shouldn't people who can see. Oh, that's interesting. Would never ask, never would never pay to get. Oh, I disagree. Oh, see, that's funny. I really, I totally, totally finished what you were saying that this is really interesting to me. Okay. Um, So it's just like, you know, I feel like, you know, sometimes, you know, a company like Ira, for example, like they make money. They're making money basically off of people who are number one above the unemployment rate. <laughs> and I don't know, to me, it's just, I, I was just kind of outraged. I use it myself because mm-hmm. I have to, but <laughs> I don't agree with the whole paying them thing. I feel like mm-hmm. that's just a money grab to me. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? You have a different opinion than me. I do. I I totally do. So I look at it like this. Um, and again, no, no, like, like Robbie said, no attempt to bash on any organization. Cause I think be my eyes is great too. In fact, my company does work with be my eyes. So I don't want to sound like I'm condemning any of them, but I love Ira also. And I love them for a different reason. I like to use Ira more in strange cities when I'm really in a hurry to get somewhere. I can certainly do it the old school way. I learned to use a cane 
before there was any GPS um, that that pedestrians had access to in any way, shape, or form. And I, I, I you know, there was no internet. <laughs> it's how old school I am. So to me, it's like, sure, I can do it the old school way. But if I'm in a strange place and I know I need to to get over there, I just, I, you know, I can wander and take a little longer and figure it out, which is usually my preferred way of learning how to get there. But maybe I have a deadline or a meeting and I've got to be somewhere and I want information quickly on the fly. I love the fact that IRIS agents are trained and I don't have to spend half of my time teaching them how to give me the information that I want in a format that's useful to me. So I don't want to have to, to sit with them. It sounds really kind of patronizing and it isn't meant to, but I don't want to have to sit and say, okay, look, I need you to tell me, just just let me, you know, you don't have to tell me everything. Just let me know if I pass. Uh, I don't know what I'm looking for. But I'm looking for fourth street. So I'm going to stop at every street and look at the signs and I'm going to, maybe you can tell me if I, I don't know if I, if you see the gray building or if you see a sign that says such and what, um, I don't have to sit and work with them and make them feel comfortable and, and ah, teach them how to, how to, I like that. you know, That's I don't really... have to, don't, don't feel like you have to stop and, and, and worry and panic and it's okay. I'm just going to walk. You don't have to tell me everything, you know, you know, I can find it with my cane. It's okay. You don't have to worry about, is it safe or is it not safe? I just need you to give me information as we're going by. I'm still going to navigate. I'm still going to, you know, <laughs> But well, I when think you put it that, like that, when you put it like that, sorry to chime in, when you put it like that, no. I will say, I, I agree with you in that statement. Absolutely. You know, I, I, my I eyes do is trust different. a lot with Ira like that. Like for me, I trust Ira with a lot of things that you're yeah, right. Yeah, because you're paying for it. Yeah. Because exactly. you're paying for it. So now I'm going to give you my confidential stuff to read. And you yeah. bet that if you compromise me, now I can go back to your boss and say, look, man, this dude got my credit card. And because they recorded that call and they can go back and view it and they can check it out, they can say, well, no, our agents are vetted. They wouldn't have done that. And you can say, well, here's my proof. You know, there are little things that you can do, whereas when it's a volunteer and I'm not, again, no slight on be my eyes at all, but it's up to you to give that volunteer information or not and and you safeguard your own material because you both are entering at your own risk it's like asking a stranger for help across the street that stranger may say sure dude no problem let's go or you might ask for help from a psychopath and he might just decide that it's cool to run you into oncoming traffic so you're always better having two things having their information but also having your own ears to tell you no i don't want to go that way anymore because this dude's walking us right into you know what i'm saying you, you still have the ability to make intelligent decisions but with ira you're paying for that service so you have some leverage if you don't like the information they're giving you you can say look man give me your supervisor you're being patronizing i asked you for directions i asked you to tell me if the video had a lot of latency I asked you to, you know, look for the, for the car that I'm looking for. You're not doing that. I asked you, whatever. With, with be my eyes, you know, you're just, it's just a dude on the street helping you out. It's a kind volunteer, but you can't really hold them to task. Um, I wouldn't give a volunteer 
something personal to read. So I would be really conscious of what I'm asking them for, not because I think that they, you know, I know they're kind, but even in the terms of service, be my eyes will tell you, you know, you're, you're, this is a contract between you and a complete stranger. Basically, you don't know them. They don't know you. You're, you're, you're working together because you both want to help each other out, you know, so don't do anything that's going to compromise your safety. Don't use it to travel. Don't use it because we don't have any way of knowing who that person is. That's just a volunteer. So they don't have to be held to any sort of standard. Whereas Ira, man, if they, they mess up, they lose their job. Oh yeah. And absolutely. yes, you pay for the service, but you don't, they have to keep those lines going and the, they have to keep the agents, you know, up and connected and keep the network going and, and be able to sustain the traffic that they get. So I think because they're paying for the bandwidth, I think they have to charge something. I was a little bit like you because initially their prices were crazy off the hook expensive. Oh yeah, like when I first heard about them on um, Joy Ross's inner on Joy Ross's YouTube channel, uh -huh. it was like it was because she was talking to a guy uh, who worked there. And at the time, it was like, what, 2013, 2014? Uh -huh. And it was 80 fucking bucks a month. Like, That's not shit. bad, actually. That's no, not, not bad. They had plans that were like 160. I think they had one that was, a, they had an unlimited plan that was like, ran the $300 range. I think it was 299 Oh, my God. I had the $130 plan for the longest time. I think was went down to 99 or some crazy thing. I don't remember. But I was traveling so when you a lot, first used them, were they were it. they always trained when you first used them, or did you oh, notice God. anything crazy? I love so they're trained by uh they there are people who actually are used to to help train the agents who are actually pedestrians that travel out on the street and they work with other people within the company to train new agents. But all the agents that answer calls have received training. Some of them are better at it than others. Sometimes, I mean, I've walked through many airports with IRA agents, and I don't think Be My Eyes would want me to use their volunteers in that way. And I wouldn't expect, I think that would freak them out. A sighted person that might be a little bit scared all of a sudden getting bombarded with a, you know, laptop screen full of airport video that, that just bounces all over from here to there to, you know, hi, I need to go find the Starbucks and then I'm going to go look for gate 43. But first we got to go through security. I mean, I use them to talk myself all the way from start to finish all the way onto the plane. And I wouldn't ask a be my eyes volunteer to do that. So in some ways I hold them to a higher standard because I pay them. So oh, I yeah, can me, expect I, that. It's like, dude, if I'm yeah. giving you money, I want you to be there when I want you to be there. So. No, I mean, that makes so much sense. And it's like, you know, I, I completely agree. Like when I first got it, I, I use it a lot now. And it's sad that they took away the glasses, but you, we still have yeah. the phone app. <laughs> we still have the phone app. That and was so cool, though. That was really for traveling. That was the awesomest thing because you could just turn your head and they, you know, to read a sign. Now you have to make a little more of an effort to aim your phone which i you know i'm not trying to sound like an ingrate but it was really nice to yeah i was actually i just signed up just as they got rid of those glasses oh that's when so i signed didn't... up oh you just missed them i just missed them yeah. yeah but you know what you still get the same service 
with or without them and it's like in some ways it's better Robbie and I'll tell you why okay (laughs) there were more I can't tell you how many times I would be let's say in a strange city maybe for a conference and I'd have a bunch of stuff because I'm going to exhibit at a convention or a conference and I'm there and I have no idea where anything is in the hotel and I have no idea where I'm going and I think to myself you know I should pull out those glasses and because they were wired to a phone basically that was its controller all of the the brains of the operation lived in this android phone and you connected this to the glasses and that was you hardwired them they did have a bluetooth pair that worked with a hotspot for a short time but you really needed your iphone the separate controller phone that your glasses plugged into and then the glasses themselves so I'd say, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stop and pull them out and wire myself up. It'll only take a minute. But then I'd like maybe hear the elevator ding over there or I would see somebody walking down a hall over there and I think, oh, that's probably the direction. And so I would go that way. Yeah, I'll pull the glasses out in a minute. And before I knew it, I would be, you know, at my destination because it really would, it would take some time. You'd have to pull this out and turn this on and boot this up and plug this in and put these on, make sure the cable was coiled because it was like six feet long. So you had to put it in somewhere, you know, it'd stash it away, put it in a pocket, coil up the cable, make sure you didn't, I mean, it was just, a, it was a process. It wasn't a big deal, but you had to do it. And I found that sometimes by the time I did it, it was just easier to go where I needed to go. It was just like, heck with the elevators here I'm just gonna go and figure it out so in some ways I like that the phone is just there because you know what you open the app you you hit call and now your camera's active and you're either gonna use it or you're not you know but it used to be a lot more complicated when you had to stop what you were doing and actually go through all these steps to pull the glasses out and get ready it was like heck with it I'll just go (laughs) so yeah they were yeah they were cool but it was a process it probably it, it probably was and it's like you know i remember in, uh, in mississauga when i used to live in uh the mississauga area and i used to take uh pair transit because with my anxiety i can't really take a bus um so i would take uh pair transit and um they wouldn't tell me where we're passing so they would be, you know, doing whatever they have to do. They just draw, close the door and mm. I wouldn't know where the hell I am. You know, if anything were to happen to me or, or the mm. driver, they don't tell you where you are. You could just be in a random parking lot. Yeah. And that's do you have GPS. The, Can you they, your, but, but I mean, I, on your phone, do you have a, oh, well, I have to, blind, I have blind square. I don't know how good that is. Something like that. Yeah. So you yeah. can just shake it and get your location or something like Microsoft soundscape. That'll tell you what you're passing as you. I heard and, soundscape. Soundscape is so good. I have yeah, it. It is. It it's is. really, that's, really nice. That's what I would suggest. Get something like that. There's a ton of free apps, even Google maps and Apple maps will do it. You can turn tracking and tracking on with headings and look at different routes and it'll tell you what you're passing. It'll give you the direction step by step. You can have it tell you where you are. I, I would play around with that because I think you might like feeling more secure that the phone will tell you even if the driver won't. Because I'll have i be honest with you, I ride the buses 
and I take Amtrak and I take the subway when I go to work and they don't tell me Amtrak does when we stop in different cities and stuff because they let people on and off but they don't you know if if I want to know where I am I have to either know the route really well or like on BART if I don't hear them on the subway call the stops I've missed my stop geez I can't tell you how many times I've missed I have to go like you know 14 stops up the line so if I happen to not hear them in San Francisco I, I can't tell you how many times I went I think I missed my stop. <laughs> you have to get yeah. off and figure out how to get through the strange station and go back the other way, you know? So I yeah, see that would freak the living shit out of me. <laughs> well, it that does would but, freak the shit out of me. Yeah, except it does. But once you do it, then you go, okay, well, that sucked, but I did it and I got through it. So it's not fun, but when you do it, you feel better about it because I think because it's done. Because <laughs> you, because it's over with now. Yeah, you know, you yeah. feel a little better about it because you accomplished it. Yeah. Speaking of that, um, how would you say how important is it? Would you say how important is it to have a blind mentor or friend that you can call on? Because I'll honestly, say guys, like when I first met Rocky, I just knew I just trusted her with anything, like. I don't know. I normally connect to people very quickly. Sometimes uh, not the nicest people, but (laughs) I connect with people. And so, you know, Rocky, I consider, I, even though we just met, I consider her to be one of my best friends of all time. And so I don't know, man, how important is it that blind people have another blind people <laughs> that they can ask questions and kind of look up to because I kind of look up to you in a way oh my god it's so important it's so important and I I mean I understand that I've been in that same in fact I still you know you always meet people in your life that you either that you admire or that they, they're just doing really cool stuff and you go man how did you do that um but I I agree with you a hundred percent I think I think I understand where you're coming from in that when you meet people, sometimes you you make a connection right away with certain people that you kind of understand each other. And I think maybe shared experience does that. You know, once you've been through something that someone else has gone through, it makes it really easy to relate to them. So I think mentors are are the key, really. Everybody says, you know, go to school, get an education, go get this training, get that training, get, you know what, I don't care how you do it, go to college, go to work, go hang out with your friends, whatever you just find somebody who's blind, who does something that you want to do. And hang out with them for a while, whether it's you know, doing voice work or learning to make podcasts or learning to walk to the coffee shop, just go make friends with somebody. Um, it's, it's the hugest thing is just having somebody to go do it with, you know, instructors and other people can tell you it's not a big deal and even can lull you into this false sense of security that you're not really safe unless somebody sighted is there. And nobody's really going to get you past that way of thinking into realizing just how untruthful that is, except the friendship of another blind person you know it's a lot easier to just go when there's somebody else there saying well let's go <laughs> and they're not afraid so you kind of say okay well I'm gonna trust you because it doesn't seem to concern you at all so I'm gonna just try this and see what happens and 
I think we're a lot more willing to have that trust when we know that we're dealing with people who've already gone through something that we're afraid of or having struggle with. Yeah, for sure. On a more comedic note, uh, I was telling uh, one of my friends, I call Rocky a lot. He goes, because you're obsessed with her. I'm like, maybe, but not like not that no. way. I mean, I don't know if she has a boyfriend or not, but you know. Oh yeah. For so many years, probably as long as you've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't know how like, old you I are. bet I'm you just... I'm 22. So I bet you. Yeah, she... Okay. Almost. Almost. Yeah. I bet I'm like, I bet you, she <laughs> is a lot older than me. So even if I were, even if I was you know, even if yeah. I was interested in her, I don't know if she would be interested in me back. I mean, oh, we're in two totally different places in our lives. But exactly. yet, yet I can understand your blindness anxiety because there was a time in my life when I had it too. And I used to think I had to do all of these things to to make it to deal with it, you know, to make it more manageable. And the truth is the only thing that really made it manageable was having other blind friends and going and just doing things until they didn't stress me out anymore. And uh, it made it much easier to do it. So I, I can totally relate to everything you're saying. I mean, like I said, we're in really very different places in our lives, but in some ways we've been treated the same way. Yeah. Right? We yeah. get the same crap from the same people who, either get it or don't you know and and so i think um there's something exactly. about that that people can relate across the board it's a very strong it's a very strong friendship like um you know i don't know if i want to i don't know if uh can i share about you going to your for your shot sure yeah okay so rocky's going to get her shot tomorrow and <laughs> i am i will i will be there to provide we're going to make a commitment oh. <laughs> that it, if you ever feel, because I, I tell people all the time, I say, call me. Well, mostly sighted people. I say, mm -hmm. call me if you need anything. Mm -hmm. Do they ever do that? No, not to bash sighted people. Sighted people are great. But I told Rocky, I said, when you, when you go for your <laughs> shot, call me message me <laughs> or something because i will be there to give you all the emotional support in spirit he's gonna spirit. be there in spirit that you he's need suck up all my emotional distress and tension and ugh, i hate needles i just hate them but i'm I gonna know. do this i thing. hate yeah i i hate, hate them <laughs> i know I know. I I I don't blame you like shots or the war. Oh god, I don't like they're them. Fucked up. So and now bad. they're saying, oh, we're gonna need a booster. I'm like, what the crap? I just did two of these. You want me to go back every year? I don't think so. But <laughs> I, yeah, you know, we gotta do it. It's fine. I'm in it now. I'm just a little afraid that so many people have gotten sick from the second one. And by the time y'all hear this. I will probably have already gone through this process. Yes. I don't know when hey, it will hey, you air, know what? Maybe we could do a part two and you could tell everyone how it went. How my shot went. Yeah. <laughs> I could bring my Olympus in my pocket and <laughs> see if I get the same crazy nurse I got the first time. Oh, tell to what, what, what? Tell me about that. She was weird, you know? So like, I walked in and I was kind of freaked out about it. I haven't been to any place where there was this many people in a long time and 
and um, they have this clinic set up. So I came in and they were nice and socially distant and everything. And they were really good. You know, you need this. Yeah. Go over to your left. And the line is over about 20 feet over to your left. And, you know, and then over, you go start walking that way and they've got somebody else over there checking your paperwork. So, hi, you're looking for the line. And he was really good. He told me, okay, there's a table in front of you and there's volunteers there asking information. You know, if you've been allergic to anything, if you've had any sickness in the last 14 days and, and you went through the And just to clarify, form. everybody, sorry to cut you off. I'll let you no, it's okay. in a minute. Just to clarify, this is a blind fucking woman going yeah to that, that's why i was asking them because i couldn't read herself. the paperwork Isn't so i was great? like no, i hope that they don't give me some bad time because i don't have a reader here and uh sometimes they get really nasty well you should have somebody to help you and it's like well if i do that's fine but most of the time i don't necessarily you know it depends when and where so Either anyway they were really good <laughs> It, well, it depends where and when, like I said, and if and what the scenario is and what he has to do, you know, he has a job, too. So exactly. um, it, it's a thing, right? I mean, I have to go to work and do stuff. So and that's what people were, don't understand about blindness. They always like this is the thing that I this is the thing that really gets me. There was uh, Heidi Joshi was on the Be My Eyes podcast. She was talking with Will and uh, they were talking about. She was saying like how she dresses up in a fucking lab coat and people still, especially staff, still treat her as though she's just lost. It's like she has a lab coat on. <laughs> like that yeah. is just ridiculous. You know, sometimes it helps to dress well, but I it's funny that you say that and I, there's there's a reason I say that but I think sometimes it just does not matter what you do some people are going to get it right away or they're going to watch and observe a little bit and they're going to kind of go hmm and they'll deduce a little bit by people watching and when they finally do talk to you maybe they'll ask a few questions but they'll get it and they won't make a big deal about it and like I said to you before they set the bar really high for the ones that just can't get past their ignorance right but uh Anyway, it's it it doesn't matter. It's it's just it is what it is. But they were good with me and I didn't have any access challenges like like some people do. So this was a good experience. Sometimes they're not always that way. This one happened to be a good one. So let's hope it's a good one. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. And like I said, I will I I tell you if now that if if you you know if you need something, I will I am only uh you know I, I know it's a little bit long. Only a country team. away. <laughs> yeah, I'm only a country away, and uh, I will yeah. I'll be checking up on you. Oh yeah, I hope so. I. You know what? Some people have no side effects at all, and some people get really sick. So I'm just kind of holding off and not really dwelling on it too much because I can't do anything to change it. I just oh, exactly um, hope I get good people and I don't have to deal with. You know, a lot of ignorant. I I don't mind. I, I I'm not into it when I'm nervous. I don't want to have to stop and educate and babysit. And I just I don't mean to be that patronizing. But when I when I'm stressed out about something, that's when it's hard for me to to stop and and help a lot of the sighted people that are struggling with my blindness. So it's like 
dude, I'm nervous. I don't have time to stop and make you feel better right now. I exactly. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm taking out my shot. Like, let me get this thing stuck in me and we'll talk later. Exactly. So, exactly. I, I had a nurse that obviously had never been around a blind person before. And she really? started out really freaked out. You know, I put my hand on the chair and she's like, Ooh, I thought you were going to hit me. And I said, why would I? No, I said, not yet. I said, if you're not nice to me with that needle, that might be a different story. So I tried to get her laughing, you know, and Ooh, Ooh, I'm going to be careful. I see you coming. You're dangerous. And you got that cane. And, <laughs> and, uh, I said, yeah, man, it's all right. You know, it's like, look, I'm really nervous. Be nice to me. So I was kind of trying to play on her mercy. I didn't yeah. want to start out by saying, listen, lady, if you told me where the damn chair was, I wouldn't have had to stick my hand out for it. But since you didn't say anything, I had to do that. To and that's why out. I did it. And if that, <laughs> so if you quit getting it all paranoid. So I didn't want to be a jerk. I thought, nope, smile, be nice, suck it up, be nice. Um, even though you're stressed up, don't take it out on her because she, she's and so I wanted to give her a lot of leeway because she had the needle. <laughs> Yeah, and exactly. She, trying to get she, her she laughing. Just accidentally poke you with that because she's so stressed out. <laughs> oh, I was just like, man, like babysit you. Nice to me with that. And at the end, I finally got her to loosen up. But we do that a lot, right? So we oh, have yeah. to kind of defuse people. Either that or they're going to make. It's really easy to let somebody else's negative opinions about things or maybe ignorance about something and, and inappropriate behavior color your yeah. mood and maybe ruin your whole day just by doing something by maybe being a jerk when they don't mean to, or by doing something inappropriate and not apologizing for it, or by not seeing anything wrong with inappropriate behavior. And the trick is what to not in your let mind, that. I hear you use that term a lot. What does, when you say inappropriate behavior, what does that mean to you? Because that can be different for everyone, right? Yeah. What does that mean to you? And it really is different for everybody, right? Some people don't mind the things that I find offensive, which I think is why we're such a confusing breed to some people who are sighted. It's like, for example, I don't appreciate people coming up and just assuming that I need help without speaking to me. I don't want to feel your hand on me directing me in the direction you think I want to go before you've even said hello. You know, we teach our little children not to talk to strangers, and yet people assume that I'm so inept that I should throw myself on the mercy of a total stranger, and I should want to do that, and I should need that help so desperately. They don't say, hey, you need anything. They just come up, and they want to push or pull or grab my cane or something, and it's like, hold it. You know, how do you manage so that? Do you literally be like, hold it? Because now that yeah. you feel so bad for you. <laughs> I No, it's just part of being out on the street. And, yeah. and you'll find it a little bit less. Now, you're a guy. This is really fascinating, kind of a fun experiment when, yeah. when we run around traveling in groups because I do notice that my friends that are male get it a lot less and that I'm going to go out on a limb and do some really big stereotyping here. But it happens. And it's really weird that people, for some reason, don't seem to think that that big guy that's 6'4 needs the same little push in the right direction as that little you know five two female that they i don't know for some reason they feel like they have to do it i shouldn't say they arbitrarily but a lot of folks do it'd be okay if they would speak you know hi good morning hey you need some help hey the door's to your left that's all they need to say but instead i think because they're scared they want to help and they don't know how 
So it's just easier to reach out and grab. And that is probably the most invasive thing you can do. And I always expect medical professionals to know better because they're medical professionals. And a lot of the time, sometimes they have the hardest time with blind people. So I, I don't know. I, I, even my own doctor, I have to stop and say, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions you have, but I'm freaking out right now. I want to talk about something other than blindness because I'm having some concerns and it's hard for me to come in here. So <laughs> we laugh about it. And I finally had to mellow him out because he just wanted to ask me all these stupid questions about blindness and are you anxious and are you nervous Your coming in here by doctor? Your... Yeah, well, he's wow. my GP, uh, not my doctor, but he is the doctor that I have been seeing. Yeah, that I paid that my insurance pays me to see. Wait, I, I forgot in a... the states. Oh, just a saying, uh, people. In the oh, states, yeah, because you're in Canada. For, yeah, they have to pay yeah, for yeah, these. Yeah. For Sorry. This shit. <laughs> yes, we pay for everything. All the medical stuff. Our our employer covers our medical expenses. Yeah. So if we lose our jobs, we have to pay for it. So it's not like we can go anywhere. It's not we like have to go where we can, where we can just get, we just get See? free medical care. I'm jealous. I've, <laughs> I've always thought that was so cool about Canada. Yeah. So anyways, just, so, tell, so I'm sorry. I cut you off. Oh. Tell me more about your doctor. <laughs> no, I just, that was it. He just, I was surprised that he didn't have more knowledge about blind people. He wanted to ask about, you know, did you come here by yourself? I'm like, <laughs> you know i'm here for an exam i'm really nervous i hate going to the doctor right i don't like those shots and everything and he wants to talk about how did you get it wow did you like that you, know you nervous you're not supposed to Dude. be nervous oh yeah. oh yeah you're supposed to be my blind educator that's right well, he felt crap. bad when i when i said it i think i made him feel bad i didn't mean to yeah no, that's like, the thing. Man, it's like let's talk about doctor patient stuff now. We can talk about blindness later. Later, really yeah. <laughs> it's hard for me to come in here. And he felt bad, I think. But yeah, no, but you know what? Like we have to stop make we have to stop feeling bad for speaking up for ourselves. No matter how a sighted person might feel, we have to be, we have to be like, okay, you know what? Like. I get that you're trying to help, but dude, this is really inappropriate for me. Like, yeah, um, you know, like, I mean, I would say my boundary is like, don't treat me any different. Mm -hmm. Don't like, I cannot tell you the, like, I've, I tried recording with a, a podcast duo who um, they're really good. <clears throat> they're really, really good. And I tried recording with them and that episode never got released and never will, but I could tell they were just so uncomfortable with me. And I felt bad because I'm like, I'm trying to be as accommodating as possible. And this is at the point where I'm getting really, and now like, it's like, it was getting to the point where I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm starting to get a little, I'm starting to get a little impatient now. You know, I'm starting to get a little frustrated because I'm moving mountains to try and accommodate you guys and try to make you guys feel as comfortable as I can, mm -hmm. but you're not, you're, it's, it's, it's not working out. And I loved them so much, but here's the thing. When you are a blind creative, I could speak for myself and say, it's hard when you're constantly looking at sighted 
content all the time because you can't relate to it no matter how much you try. They talk, they have references that I don't understand. Like what do you think? Like, do you have an example? Off the top um, of your head? Like a guy saying, oh, my eyes hurt when I watch the TV. Or mm-hmm. I can't, you know, or, oh my God, I, I mean, we all, we, all of us say I saw a movie, but when they say I saw a movie, they actually saw it. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to relate. And the other thing too, that I notice is the fact that when I started asking them questions about sex, right? Mm-hmm. I am, I'm a huge sex positive person. Mm-hmm. And they're very sex positive. But when I started asking them questions, they just were like, uh, well, we are sex positive. I'm like, okay, uh, this conversation not <laughs> so going the way I a little planned. Bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is kind of awkward. This is not going anywhere. I think they, the, yeah. And mm-hmm. I still love their podcast. Don't get me wrong. But that podcast do I was going to record with, I I just think that they tried their best, but they're like you said, like you said, rocks, there are going to be people who get it and there are going to be people who don't. And they unfortunately were one of the ones who tried their best, but they just couldn't. And for us, it's like, what's there to get? (laughs) I can't see. I can't see keyword, but for, (laughs) but for them, it's, I, I, it's understandable because you know the majority relies on sight yeah see i don't i don't i that that's where i cut it off i I was like you know what i want to give you the benefit of the doubt because i do understand it's a little disconcerting so take a big deep breath because you won't catch it but i i after a fashion it's it's understandable in in theory but i expect like where you started out with this you're you're giving them a pass now, but when you started out your conversation, you said we shouldn't have to apologize. And I think that's really true to form in it, in, in the sense that we spend a lot of time accommodating and we're told that we have to do that. You know, we have to fit in. We have to do this. We have to, we spend a lot of time accommodating to make other people comfortable with us. Cause we're the strange ones, right? <laughs> we're the ones that are different quote unquote. So we spend yeah. the time trying to put them at ease and make them feel comfortable. And at some point I say, okay, that's fine, but enough is enough. You know, and this is why celebrities are a little bit tricky because we spend so much time really coming to admire them. And then sometimes when you meet them, they're everything we think they are. And sometimes it's like, oh, what a letdown that was. You know, you never quite see them the same way because they're hard to interact with when they're not behind the mic or you don't you know maybe they didn't have the same showmanship or they just weren't gonna relate but that's a choice that they made you know what you were I talking mean, about I the cannot guy, tell the you guy, the i cannot tell you the... the lab coat that gets dressed up and still doesn't get the attention that she deserves yeah i can be on the train you know dressed i i mean i, I could come home dressed for work and be in the same car with the same, you know, with the executives and the guys that work for Wells Fargo and the guys that work for OSHA. And, you know, we're all regular commuters, but the ones that are going to give me that attitude, it's, it's almost like a class difference. I mean, 
the ones that are going to cop the attitude are copying it based on sight alone. They, they have nothing. It doesn't matter what I do, what I say, how much money I make or don't make. There's this assumption about me that that's, that's made arbitrarily and you can't fix people like that. So I could see why it was hard being with them because they made it 10 times more uncomfortable. But I don't I don't think after a fashion you can answer questions and, and be willing to be open minded, but you can only give cut slack for so long before it's like, OK, it's time to move on now. Yes, I'm blind. Deal with it. Let's let's carry on and talk about content or talk about whatever. You know, I, I, I have a hard time with the ignorance when people don't choose to get past it because I'm the kind of person that likes to. No. And the the sad thing is, it's like, the sad thing is, is when you hear them on their own podcast, talking to these guests, Mm -hmm. it's like, Hey, they're like, Hey, beautiful. And all this, all this Mm -hmm. shit. But then, you know, with me, I don't know if it was because I'm a man, Mm -hmm. but they were just so uncomfortable with me. And I'm just like, and you're right. Like, there comes a point where I, I, you can, as a blind creator, if you want to, like for me, if I want someone on my show, I just mm-hmm. stop telling them I'm blind altogether. They'll figure it out. Yeah. I don't advertise it, it as really blind anymore. If you're going to talk about blind stuff, this is a big point of controversy too. I was going to ask you that if you, if you advertise as a blind creator, because some people really feel that it's the essence of who they are. And it is so much of their identity that they want people to know. And other people feel like, you know what? It's not important. It's a part of me. And it's like, I used to, I used to, when I first started this, I, I, I used to always, whenever I would try and pitch people, Uh I used to say, Hey, I'm Robbie. I'm blind. That Mm -hmm. was just how it was because I felt it was like a superpower Mm -hmm. and it is. But mm-hmm. after a while, it's like, yeah, I just felt that it was just not, it is a very controversial thing because I felt that it was just not the most effective way to advertise. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, if you were someone who was dyslexic and you had a podcast, you wouldn't go up to someone and say, hey guys, I'm dyslexic. Or hey, whoever I'm, my name is Joe Blow, and I'm a dyslexic person. But they would. They, <laughs> they would. They do. They do. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. They really do. Yeah. I mean, some do. Some do. Yeah. Folk, folks who do that. That's how they do it. Yeah. My name and is Rocky. If not blind. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, that could be your. Hi, I'm Rocky, and I'm blind. Yeah, that I'm could be blind. your new. That could be nah. your new podcast thing. You know, that's the thing, though. So if I'm if I'm gonna record stuff for blind people, reviews and tips and things that I think blind people will find helpful, absolutely, I'm gonna tell you right up front. You know, I'm blind. I'm gonna use the voiceover screen reader, blah 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 blah, whatever. If I'm walking through the neighborhood and I want you to be able to hear the ambiance or something, I'm gonna tell you what we're passing so you know what it is and you can hear it. Whatever it is we're doing. But if I'm pitching to a sighted person and I want them to see, for example, martial arts or dog training or 
real production or I don't know, amateur radio, or I'm just pulling things out of the hat now. Um, so what does a blind person do? Something blind specific. I don't know. Uh, if accessibility them- advocate. That's the big one. Well, yeah. Okay. That's yeah. a big one. I'm just talking about a task. If I want to show myself on a podcast to sighted people, I'm going to let them see me doing those tasks as a blind person. And I'm probably not going to pitch myself as fervently as a blind person. I'm not going to sell those blind resources to sighted people. Sighted people don't care about the voiceover gestures that I that I use for this or that or how I hold my camera to get the best capture of my text or you know um they might be interested in passing and knowing how i use my phone to pay for things or use my whatever but i better not show more than a few seconds of it because it 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 doesn't need the same kind of detail if i want to give blindness stuff to a blind person they're going to get something out of it because they use those tools too Sighted people go, oh, that's great. But by then they're moving on, you know, so I better be willing to talk about something that they're interested in if I want to hold their attention. And reading Braille or cane travel or blindness stuff isn't it unless I want to take them out with me using a cane and let them have something to look at. Do you know what I mean? The content is different depending on who the audience is. And I think when you pitch to a blind audience, it's really different. When you pitch to a sighted audience, they need to see the blindness. Yeah. They don't need to see, hear that's it the first. Thing. They need that's... to see it in action. Yeah. And go, holy shit, that guy's blind. Did you see that? Not only did he do that, but he's blind. My friend that's Christian does that all the time. It's so funny. Like, uh, there was, he made this funny joke. Um, There was, I uh, we were, uh, I was you know, getting ready for my class on Tuesday night. And he's like, okay, guys, I'm looking forward to, I'm no, sorry. I did this message. I said, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody tonight. He go, and he sends me back this message says the blind guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, That's right. I love that so much. That is That's sick. Right. That's right. And look at him. He obviously doesn't care that you're blind. No, he, he, he's one of those guys that, he really, he really just got it. And he sets the bar high. Sets the bar high. Sets exactly. the bar really high. It's really hard to give a lot of people a pass because, you know, and I know they're not him, but he didn't need a lot of hand holding, did he? Nope. Oh, he no. He probably asked some questions or whatever and just rolled with it. Okay. He whatever. did it out of amazement. Yeah. He was just yeah. amazed. Like, because he saw you? Yeah. He heard you? Yeah. See? They need to be seen. We need to be seen. Yeah, like he, he needs visibility. Yeah. In 2018 or 2019, he saw me and he goes, oh my. He goes, if you saw Robbie use his phone, it's like, hmm. and I, and I, and, I, and to be honest, like, because of him, I started to try and embrace it a lot more. It's Good. just other stupid sighted creators don't, they don't know what to do. <laughs> they don't. They, they but they're really not going to be interested in the same kind of content either. Exactly. They would be. They would love to see you doing things that probably seem really ordinary and boring to you. But those are the things that would teach them. Yeah. But you're right. They they need different content. You're not going to hook them with the same content because they're not. They they're just not going to move the radar because they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. That's all. 
And that's why with this show too, and that's the whole thing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like make it so that sighted people can also enjoy my stuff as well as blind mm-hmm. people. So, mm-hmm. like, I made it. I made a little bit of a tip list on tips for uh, creation and tips to enhance your creative outlet. That's going up tomorrow. And yeah, I made that just today, actually. Cool. Yeah, it's yeah, I decided to do that. And um, also the tips for voice acting, you know, those kinds of things Mm -hmm. that I can be more of the star of my own show. Yep. Because Mm -hmm. on Clubhouse, I tried Clubhouse Mm -hmm. and it's like, they don't treat you as amazing as you would treat yourself if you had a podcast. You don't feel the same, the same way. Like for me, when I'm anxious, I need attention. Yeah, you want it all to come all at once. You got yeah. it takes patience. You want instant gratification all to come at once. And you gotta you gotta take some time and actually hang out and talk with people for a little while read some scripts a little bit, you know, get to know a few people, follow some people. It comes, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't come quickly enough. If you like that instant, okay, is this working? Is this what, you know, some verification that it was what I'm doing, making a difference. Hello. Like, am I shouting into the void here? Is this really working? You want some kind of ping back, you know, to know exactly. that, and it's that like, you're being heard and it's Clubhouse, like it takes a while. Yeah, it's like, and that's the thing. That's why I kind of don't go on Clubhouse much anymore because mm-hmm. it just gets too overwhelming. Yeah. Like, I. That's for sure. <laughs> the thing is, <laughs> so I want to meet people and get their number right away so I can call them my friends. Uh-huh. And that's. Those are the people that I have the distrust with. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, which is why with you, I didn't have to do that because I trusted you. But I can tell if I don't trust that someone's going to get back to me, it's kind of an instinct I have where I'm just like, can I have your number now? (laughs) You know, it's annoying. Some people, yeah. Some people won't give it to you at all, though. Understand some people just won't. And that'll shut them down quicker because they just don't know how to deal with that. And so I have enough numbers. I don't, you know, I understand that people want to get in touch and this happens a lot too with, with customers. Sometimes people adjusting to blindness go through this where, you know what, they just need somebody to talk to. Maybe they've been driving for 40 years and all of a sudden they have to give up their license now because they have macular degeneration and in a day their world is upside down or whatever. And so I think it's important if we're going to do this work that we make ourselves a little bit available you know, um, there'll come a day when you're going to reach out to somebody with anxiety and it's just something that you'll do. You just pay it forward as you go along, because as you gain experience, you'll see that there are people out there that are struggling with things that you used to struggle with. But I think clubhouse in itself is, is a good place to meet people, but it's not always the best form for having a really good one-on-one conversation or having a good friendship. I think it's a good place to kind of get your calling card out there, let people know who you are, maybe BS in a room with a bunch of people. But for me, I find it makes me an incredibly good listener. I have to shut my mouth and listen, which as you can tell is. It's hard gravity. for us. 
It's this is something Regular I don't know if you guys noticed this. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Rocky and I have that same thing where we cannot We're shut blind. up. We, how how early did you start talking, Robbie? Do you know? Did your parents ever tell you what what age you were when you started talking? Were you young? Oh my god! I think I was like one or two. Yeah, I bet you were. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I bet. Uh, my aunt who unfortunately passed away last year. She was older. She's an older woman, but Mm -hmm. she, she was babysitting me for a while. And she told my parents, she goes, one day he's going to say his first word. And one day he's going to walk. And Mm -hmm. I just managed to walk. Like I was the size of a fist Mm -hmm. and I just Mm -hmm. managed to walk. And I'm just like, Mm -hmm. holy crap. And they're, and you know, as they're telling me these stories, I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, something, isn't it? Yeah. Tiny baby. How you grow up, blind kids turn it, and I'm stereotyping again. So, so come after me. <laughs> but we traditionally we do we t- uh, we talk early, and I don't know why. If it's that we spend so much time listening, or if it's just that people tend to talk to us and we pick words up because we're not looking. I don't know what it is, or if it's just a fluke or what. But a lot of blind kids tend to talk early and well, and um. And speak in complete sentences much earlier than you see a lot of sighted kids doing. And I think they have a lot more visual input and imagery to distract them. Uh-huh. So we, we learn to communicate with our words really young, really early on, because we don't have a lot of the same, even the visual input that we get, if we can see is different from, you know, what our sighted counterparts get, especially for like me and you essentially don't have any really usable vision. But um yeah brevity is not my forte for sure (laughs) so no and the thing is too it's it's one of these things where you know because we have to hear things more often it's easier for us to pick up words and stuff like that. that's that's really that's really cool now an interesting question i kind of wanted to dive into your o&m journey because I have struggled a lot with O&M. I, I still really haven't accepted the fact that I need extra help when it comes to life skills and O&M training. I well. am just, whenever I see sighted people or I listen to sighted podcasts and they're saying, you know, they cook for themselves and they do all these things and it takes them a day or something to learn the stove. Or however long it takes them, it's like you wouldn't want me around as your as your husband or boyfriend because I'll need help. <laughs> yeah, because you've never done it. Yeah, but you'd be fine. I think. I think here's the thing that I think I don't know you really that well, but I think that you sell yourself short as a blind person because you have not had a level of experience yet to teach you about what you're capable of. I just saw you using the computer and fiddling around grabbing the mics and getting things set up for five minutes and i can tell you would be fine operating this stove if somebody showed you how to do it and what you needed to do and you practiced a little bit you'd be just fine it's just like using the computer once you learned how to do it it would be no big deal if you hated cooking you might not get as good at it but if you like to eat you'd probably become a pretty good cook there's a lot of myths about blindness and they're perpetuated early early on by professionals, by doctors, and they're told to us by our parents, 
even the ones that are confident that at some point we'll figure out a way to get the skills and learn to do what we need to do. There's a lot of mistrust and a lot of fear. So there's that tendency not to encourage little kids to try things or to teach little kids things because, oh, it's hot, you might burn yourself or, oh, it's too steep, you might fall or you might spill it. You know what I mean? How parents can be sometimes like. Oh, yeah. Mine are very overprotective. Yeah. So mine, mine were are too. very protective. Mine were too. And I never really learned anything. Honestly, I watched them, of course, for years as they were cooking. I knew what they were doing. I knew what the sounds meant of everything that they did. You know, people don't realize that you can people watch if you're blind. You know what those sounds are, what they're doing when they pick up a spoon and stir the pot and put it on the thing and pick up a something and fill the glass up with liquid. You can hear what you know what I mean? They open their refrigerator. You know what they're doing. So, yeah, you can hear everything that's you going know on. what they're doing. You just can't do it yourself. But when you're in your own kitchen and there's nobody there to watch you or to criticize you, you can make as many mistakes as you want to until you figure it out. Or if you want to get help with somebody cited giving you tips, there are ways to do it. But very often it's hard to master those skills. I could have never done it in my mom's house. And it's the same with O&M. Um, you asked about the journey and I'll just tell you quickly that I hated, hated traveling when I was a kid. I hated cane travel. I hated it with a passion. I didn't like using my cane. I would have much rather just gone with somebody because my family was, you know, somebody's here. You don't need that. Don't worry about that. Just come with us, you know, and they would human guide me or whatever. And I knew I wanted a dog. So I thought, well, I hate this cane anyway. Why do I use, you know, Everyone wants a dog when they're young. They did. We all did. And um, so I, 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 but I had to use the cane. I had to get to the bus stop in the morning, had to get home in the afternoon. So as it started, I was a little kid and I was lucky. I got cane travel skills when I was really young. I think I got my first cane when I was four or five. And they started pushing me after school when I was like six years old to go out and learn and I, like you, I grew up in snow country, so I had to learn to travel in the snow. Californians out here, they don't, they don't, they don't know. <laughs> Sorry, California, you guys know nothing. <laughs> we go. So where through. were you from? Where did you come I'm, from? I'm from Minneapolis. Wow. Yeah, it's snowy there. So you know how it is. It snows there, man, for real in the winter. It snows seriously. And we had to learn and the program I was in, I was very lucky and I didn't know what I was mainstreamed into public school. So it was a very lonely journey. I had a miserable, I had a couple friends that were really good friends, but I mostly was bullied all the way through public school. It sucked. There's just no other way to describe it. It just sucked. But I had things that I liked and, and I hated the cane part of it, but I had to get to school. It was imperative that I go. So as I got older, the school journey got further and further away. And part of my curriculum also was that I would learn this cane travel stuff after school. And pretty much by the time we were teenagers, we were expected to be able to be dropped off in one city and be able to find an address in another, you know, like, Oh yeah. I've heard of these um, NFB training centers. So it wasn't, there weren't any at that time. Wow. But it wasn't a, it wasn't an NFB curriculum. He was just an O&M teacher that came to the school twice a week. But that was our final training lesson as we had to get dropped off somewhere. And then we had to find a certain address and meet him 
you know, we usually meant taking a couple buses and transferring and, you know, going over, usually from St. Paul back to Minneapolis, just because they wanted to torture us by making us travel around St. Paul. so but by the time we were 13 or 14 we had to be able to do that so I never knew what a blessing that was until I was an adult and I started making friends with all these people that didn't really travel comfortably they were still really afraid I still have friends to this day that really are apprehensive about going and um I don't I mean I was too until I found the right cane and the right length of cane and the right it's comfortable you know it's I don't the cane's long enough it doesn't get stuck in cracks anymore and you know i i i use dogs for a number of years and i i use a cane in between my dogs i'm using a cane again now um and well, that's i'm a very, well, that's distance very important so, so it, yeah you i know, think it, it is important. important it in the structure discovery you mentioned that wasn't something we were really taught but that is the only way to learn because really what you want as a blind person, what I want as a blind person is to be able to go anywhere that I speak the language and be able to find what I need to find. It might take me a little work, but I want to be able to be somewhere without needing a sighted person to come with me and be able to logically deduce by the directions that I'm getting and the information I get from my surroundings to be able to find my way from one point to another somehow. Yeah, um, I mean, it's kind of the same with me. I mean, yeah. it's something that I would. The first thing I have to jump through is my social hurdle. Mm-hmm. You know, and I feel like you and I's friendship, I feel like you're really helping me with that. It's been, I've only known you for a few weeks or maybe longer than that, but I already consider you to be you're very important to me in my life because honestly, man, if I hadn't have met you, I wouldn't be sitting here doing this podcast with you. And I wouldn't feel that maybe I do have a second chance of making my life work. Yeah, you do. Sure. You do always have a chance. Yeah. You may not feel like it, but you always have a chance. And it's like, it's nice to know that someone puts up with all my weird, anxious tendencies of calling them 500 times. (laughs) You just haven't had the experiences yet. That's all. The anxiety is normal and the tendencies are normal. You just need to have those experiences. And they'll probably be horrible experiences at first until you get used to juggling that feeling because nobody likes to feel anxious, right? No. When you do something that's new, it's a change, it's different. We all feel anxiety and it's okay. I think you have to stop and learn to give yourself that space, you know? Hey, I got this. Wait a minute. I'm feeling really anxious right now. I got to stop and take a break. Jeez. You know, whatever it is, just give yourself permission, but then keep going. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm messed up. I got to get across the street. And then once you're across, forget about it. Carry on. You got more stuff to do ahead of you. Don't look back and dwell on what it felt like until you're home in bed and you can take the whole day apart. Don't worry about what happened in the last hour. Just be happy that that hour is done with and move forward. Cause I always and get scared of being easier. kidnapped. Kidnapped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, can you shout? Can you fight? Can you? Can I can you shout. I can't really fight, but I can shout. You got you got people that can know where you are. You got pretty good GPS if you let people know when you're coming and going. Um, what if the robbers if, take my phone away? <laughs> well, that's a really good point. So um, that's happened to people. Yeah, and I I recommend actually when I go through the subways and stuff, I go through the san francisco and i've had a couple of colleagues who've had their phones stolen out of their hands as they're coming right out of the station and they tell you all the time don't use your phone near the entrance or the exit you know don't use it by the doors of the train somebody snatches it and just keeps going sometimes they'll come by on their bike and just grab it out of your hand so you do that try to keep it in your pocket learn about headphones learn about using bluetooth um sometimes if i'm going to use ira this is going to sound really dorky i'll put the phone in like a lanyard or an armband so the phone is is stashed away and then i'll use the orbit writer which is just a little keyboard little hundred dollar little bluetooth keyboard thing to control the phone remotely <laughs> so they want to roll me and steal my orbit writer have it you know but the iphone is put away they can't really get to it without a lot of hassle um little things like that i i just i don't if i'm gonna use it i keep it in my pocket or i keep it in my hand or i keep it in my lap i don't have my speech on i use headphones when i'm out in public i don't want to call attention to myself with voiceover mm-hmm. you know i don't want to look vulnerable i don't want to feel of course i'm going to look vulnerable if people want to say oh she's blind or whatever but i don't want to carry myself like i'm not confident i think one of the biggest keys even if you're scared as hell and you're quaking inside robbie is to carry yourself with confidence my god i might be going in the wrong direction but i'm gonna go the wrong way with confidence you know oh yeah. crap i went left i should have gone right oops so and laugh it off turn around and forget about it. just going the right way and you know what I mean? Correct your course and move on, but do it confidently. It makes it a lot easier if if you give yourself that little bolster. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, because I see a lot of shows like Locked Up Abroad, for example, where you got these mm. guys who go to, you know, who do stupid mm. things or they get kidnapped and it's trafficking like or whatever. Trafficking and it's mm-hmm. like the okay, like the one thing that I'd probably know won't happen is if I'm in the car. Mm-hmm. And I've actually refused to sit in a car alone mm-hmm. because if I'm in a car mm-hmm. and someone drives away with the car, I guess you wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. And it's like, it's the whole thing of like, I've heard, you know, you know, Molly Burke even say that like people are, if you're blind, you're 10 times more likely to be raped or killed, like killed, what hurt or kidnapped or something yeah, i don't know how I true that possible. is but i think it's possible but i think there's something else robbie i'm sorry i just cut you off what a rude guest i am aren't i <laughs> hey it's okay i cut you off all the time don't worry about it <laughs> sorry i think the important thing though is to remember that be aware of it and stay vigilant one of the things i see a lot of blind folks do especially when they're new and when they're nervous is they chatter because i do it too when i'm nervous i talk a lot right and, and yet I'm here at the traffic light and I'm telling them, okay, you have to stop talking now. I need to be able to hear this traffic. And they shut up for a minute. Then they're talking. I have a good friend who does this to me all the time. 
and he just doesn't he, he's really lackadaisical about the traffic so he loves to just jabber when i'm trying to listen and if he knows i'm trying to hear he does it more just to get on my nerves and be annoying he's my good friend he's just irritating but, <laughs> but you know it's like would you shut up <laughs> so i think it's easy for people to check out because we don't when we're sighted guiding human guiding with people we don't always have to pay attention when we're a passenger in a car it's not as important that we pay attention to the road as it is the driver yeah same as a blind person if you're following somebody you can kind of go along fine you know carrying on it's fine i don't necessarily know what we're going by but i'm going to trust this person that i'm hanging on to yeah but if your ears are open and you're 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 paying attention and you're you know, oh, I smell coffee. We must have just passed a Starbucks. So it opened up over here. Oh, that's the entrance to the mall. Okay. So the street must be coming up. If you're vigilant and you stay aware of what's around you, even while you're talking, get in the habit always of knowing, knowing, identify as many things in your surroundings as you can auditorily. Yeah. Because it'll always help you if you have to backtrack, even if you get lost as hell a sound might remind you, God, I heard that before when I came this way, I, you know, that sounds familiar or I have never heard that before. I have no idea where the heck I am. Um, it's easy. It's easy to take that for granted when we're with somebody else and put our trust in people. But I think you're wise to keep that control. If it makes you nervous to sit in a car alone, for example, then the way to stay confident is just say, I'm going to step out when you do. I think I'm going to get up and stretch. You don't even have to tell them if, unless you feel safe that you want to. I don't feel confident. You can say, I'm just going to get out. You know, I'll get back in when you do. I'm just going to get out of the car. It's okay to have that control if it makes you feel safer, you know, own it, take that for yourself. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, sometimes you, you hear stories and it's like, yeah, you just have to, and you also have to like drown out the noise too. Like people could tell you whatever the hell they want. They can be annoyed. They could be, they could be, <laughs> you know what? It's, it's like you mentioned before, we're constantly looking how to accommodate, how to accommodate. And after a certain point, you just have to say, you know what? I'm not doing this. Yeah. And you have to just be able to, you know, you have to just be able to be like, you know what? I don't feel comfortable sitting in the car by myself unless it's, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're going to be really quick. And so what's, what are things that still scare you up to this day of traveling or anything like that? Like what still freaks you about going downtown San Fran at like at night or if you, if you go anywhere at night, you know, when I walk home from work, it's dark. Yeah. Um, it's about eight o'clock by the time I'm walking home. It's, it's, especially in the winter, it's dark. And I, my longest walk, of course, is on my side. <laughs> so it's not actually on the San Francisco side, although by then I've been traveling, so I'm kind of out of it. And I can't afford to not be vigilant. I have to pay attention because I'm walking through. My train station is actually fairly quiet. So I always kind of sneak through there like, okay, would I hear somebody if they're behind me? You know, coming out of here with the traffic and stuff, would I hear somebody? If a hybrid pulls out of this driveway here, will I hear them? I have to really stay vigilant in a different way because I don't have a lot of traffic, which I would almost prefer. A lot of traffic is, is much easier to read in some ways than 
minuscule traffic, especially when you have hybrids that don't necessarily have to be moving very quickly. Um, they can still do some damage if they hit you even going 10 miles an hour, but you'll never hear them. So there are little things like that. People, of course, there are people everywhere. Now, as a blind person, I'm finding as a cane user, especially, I have to be more vigilant about people out on the street, just out on the sidewalk in the space. You know, we have a lot of homelessness out here. We have a lot of tents all over. Um, sometimes you have to be careful of where people are, uh, where they're sitting, where they're sleeping. Over in the city, especially, a lot of people will sleep out. You know, the weather's conducive to it, so a lot of people are outside. And literally, you might not know they're there till you step on them, you know, and I, I feel really badly about that. So I have to be a lot more careful. I'm a fast walker and I, I really have to watch it in the city because um, there are people just everywhere. But the things I think that make me the most apprehensive are the places, the stretches where it's quiet. So I always try to be vigilant. I, if it's really, really late, I miss the train, for example, and it's 1030 at night, I'm going to stay in the part of the station where there are more people or where it's well lit. If there's a group of commuters, I'm going to stay within that group, um, or even on the periphery of it. If I don't like, you know, the platform seems deserted up there and I don't want to stand up there with one or two other people, then I'll just stay down in the station. I, I try to make decisions based on my environment because I, I do get freaked out about maybe people following me or, you know, I am conscious. I do, I am conscious of what I carry and how I secure it because if somebody were to roll me, what would I do? You know, um, it, it is something that I think about usually because I have to use public transit. There's just no way around that as a blind person. I, I use I Uber. Use, I use Uber, but I have to use the, I use the city buses and I use the light rail trains and then I take the Amtrak train over mm. to the subway and then I take the subway into work. So, you know, all those those things add up to different kinds of transportation. There's a bus, there's a train and another electric train. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess Uber I'm not crazy. But... I guess I'm not crazy for thinking about that stuff. No. In <laughs> fact, you're very smart. You're very smart. You're very wise. Um, the trick is think about it, pay attention to it, work with it, but don't let it stop you from going. There are people that will say you shouldn't go because it's just not safe. And that's really true. Nothing's safe anywhere anymore, but it's not practical either. You're blind. So at some point you have to, these are demons you'll have to face unless you could find workarounds for the rest of your life. Some folks do, and they just choose to never travel. Every, it's different for everyone. Different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like I said, I, I feel like as long as I, you know, stay in touch with you guys, I feel like mentally, I feel like, okay, we're just normal people. It's just, I haven't had, that experience of being around other blind people or, yep, you know, I've only had one and he's in a small town and there's, mm -hmm. he can't really, he doesn't know anything about the city because <laughs> there's no buses or anything like that. So right. he's, he's kind of just a farm boy and great and all, but you know, there's just other people I can 
that I could take inspiration from. Put it that way. He's he could probably teach you different stuff. Cool yeah. stuff about being out in the country, actually. I could probably learn a thing or two about traveling out in the country from a blind person who lives out in the sticks. Yeah. So, I, yeah. I tell you, the sticks are really, uh, really, really cool. And I, yeah. So, absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So I, I will say, uh, you know, thanks so much for, for coming on today. I really, I, I, like I said, you, uh, you really, uh, I don't want to take my take my breath away, but you amaze me at the fact that, you know, you cannot see like me and you're doing all these things. It's like, if you can do it, what the hell is stopping me? You know, it's like nothing. Exactly. Nothing. 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 Maybe a little apprehension, but that's all right. Everybody's got apprehension somewhere. I mean, no yeah. one's going to fall. And who knows? Maybe I might never yeah. take the bus. Who knows? Well, you might and you might not. Yeah. And right now you don't have to worry about it. But I will say that if the opportunity presents itself, maybe give it a try and see how you feel about it. Especially if you can make some friends locally that you can go do it with. I think that is the biggest hurdle to learning about confidence is getting lost as hell with other blind people. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'll never forget trying to figure something out. We were trying to get through from one part of the city to another and you had to cross under the freeway and a friend of mine and I were looking for the for the path and we thought we had it. <laughs> we walked right up onto the on-ramp of the freeway and it was dead quiet and then all of a sudden the traffic started to come through and we were like, oh, oh my shit. God. Yeah. Oh, and now I'm like, dude, we're up here. How the hell are we going to get back over that? Now none of us wants to cross it because they're just flying. It's like, I think finally a cop came over. He's like, hey, I'm like, hi, how are you? It was like, fancy meeting you here. I mean, it was right? just, all you could do is laugh. It was like, hey, guess what? We made a wrong turn. We went right. And we should have gone left. I mean, all you could do is laugh about it. So he like stopped traffic. And so these oh. two blindies could walk up. But we thought, <laughs> all we could do is laugh about it, you know, because it was an honest mistake. We certainly know where the entrance is to the freeway now. And we warn other blind people, hey, don't turn there because that'll take you right up on I-5. But we, yeah, we had no, to learn it the hard no way. No kidding. That literally will take you on to I-5. Right. And did we want to? No. What, is it something you want to tell your mother? Probably not, but is it a life experience that, that we'll always remember for sure? And am I sorry that it happened? It scared the crap out of me. I'm glad we lived through it, but it was it was an experience. I'm really glad he was there to have it with me because it, it would have been even more intimidating to have it by myself, but I'll always remember it and I'm glad we had it together. And that's what I mean about you know, it's crazy, but so in some ways, I think friendship can inspire confidence too when you might not know where to find it. Sometimes if there's two of you, that just makes the initial task a little easier. You know, I walk through there all the time now and I don't think anything of it, but I certainly know where the entrance to the freeway is, you bet. Yeah. You know, so it's just, it's a, it's a process, Robbie, you'll get there. It's a process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, man. Well, so thanks cool. so much. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for having me. For coming Thank on. You. And uh, yeah. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you liked it, please feel free to write a review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you would like to shoot me an email, please feel free to do so at robieregz24 at gmail.com. Plus, if you want to send me a voice message, please feel free to do so at anchor.fm slash Robbie. That is R-O-B-I-E. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk soon.